Hello and welcome to the Baseball Unchained podcast. Today we are starting our first episode and we are going to be covering several topics including three different trades that happened, two of which happened just today, um, as well as a few minor topics that happened over the last week or so. And we will also be doing some introductions to us as the host of the show for you guys. With let's with that said, let's get into it. There are 65 days until opening day. Woohoo! And it's also around my birthday, so. Woohoo! <laughs> and we're going. Woohoo! That one sounded real. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are going to start off with some introduction questions to us. Um, so tell us how you got into baseball. Growing up, I used to watch sports with my grandfather. Um, he was a big Cubs fan, which sucks because you know, they suck. Um, but he had bad taste in sports. For a long time, they sucked. For a long time. <laughs> a long time. I think it was like 107 years. Oh. 107 years of suck. I was going to say sucking, but <laughs> that would be really phrasing. long. Um, <laughs> also inappropriate. Um, so he was a Cubs fan and a Bears fan. And they both sucked. And then we moved to Florida. And I didn't get to watch his teams with him. But we moved to Florida in August of 1997. And the Rays started in 1998. So it just made sense. Who are your favorite players all time? Either on the Rays or Major League Baseball in general. My first real obsession was David Price. He was the first jersey that I purchased with my adult money. Um... I also very much liked B.J. Upton growing up. Um, I My favorite jersey that I own at the moment is a B.J. Upton jersey, like an authentic double race jersey with black and like sewn on numbers and stuff. And I got it off of Facebook Marketplace really randomly. Um, but the earliest play player that I remember liking was Carl Crawford. I also liked David Price because when I first started watching the Rays, when I moved down to Florida um, in 2007, uh, he was like one of the better players on the team. And I liked watching pitching. I still do like watching pitching. It's like one of my favorite things about baseball predicting what pitch is going to be next and all that stuff. And he was, I believe he was a Cy Young contender that year. 
Um, so for me, I got into baseball because I grew up playing it from like the age of five until I was probably 13 or 14. Um, and then I grew up in Virginia. And so this is going to seem kind of weird, but I was a Braves fan growing up in Virginia because their triple A team was based out of Richmond. So I went to a few games there and, uh, became a fan of, of them. Um, when I was about five years old, conveniently also when they went to the world series, mm. you're seeing a theme here. Um, but conveniently was in say one. I noticed that you phrased it differently this time, so I didn't get to call you out for it. I don't think we got to this time. but So, and my favorite players, going off of that, um, I liked Greg Maddox. Um, again, pitcher. Got a thing for pitchers. Wearing a Glass Now shirt right now. Oh. <laughs> um, we forgot about my thing for catchers. Travi. Pictures and catch. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it's all starting to align. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um... In case we didn't start off by warning you, there is no guarantee that this will end up being family appropriate. <laughs> Started out intended to be that, but it might be explicit content. We don't know. Um... Favorite players, Greg Maddox, like I was saying, and Ken Griffey Jr., um, just because had like a really sweet swing and like constantly hitting home runs and great defensive player too. Sweet swing? Sweet swing. I was going to say sweet stroke, but we've we've already said pretty inappropriate stuff already. Um, So... Do you want to take away the explanation for why we are doing this? And don't say because I said that we are doing it. <laughs> um, I mean, we probably should have warned you in the beginning. If you hear sounds that sound like we have a house full of cats, it is because we do in fact have a house full of cats. There's one right over there. There is. We've got the presence <clears throat> of Jones Tush over here. What <laughs> he just shook in my face. <laughs> Perfect. Um, there are likely to be sounds of cats playing with toys, and if we're graced with the presence of Anakin, she will chirp and squeal and yelp I don't, I don't know so sorry if there's cats there's but we're not there's awoos and stuff too there are a lot of awoos sorry if you hear them but we're not sorry that they're here um so you wanted to start a podcast about baseball and i want to do the things that you want to do but also there's not really a safe space for women to enjoy sports and to be knowledgeable about sports and to be taken seriously about sports 
which is why I didn't mention my obsession. You looked with Kevin. at the camera when you said that, dude. That's why I didn't bring up Kevin Kiermeyer because I could, but then people would just think that I'm in it for the um, the other sweet things, like his sweet ass. But like I put in the bio, right? I like baseball. I've liked baseball longer than you've liked baseball. I've fought for the fact that I like baseball. People don't believe that you can be a woman and actually like sports without trying to impress people. Um, As demonstrated by someone who felt like they needed to explain what the World Baseball Classic was to me. After we told them that we were going to start a podcast about baseball. We see you. All right. But who better to talk about baseball than with your favorite person to baseball with? Yeah, that was like, I won't say the thing, but one of the main things that kind of brought this together. My, one of my favorite podcasts is Murder With My Husband. And I so desperately wanted to call this baseball with my wife, but baseball and chain (laughs) was actually like way better. Yeah. It's kind of going against the whole like gender norm thing that we're trying to break, but, uh, the old ball and chain. Yeah. But it was clever. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Um, so as we kind of covered a little bit already, we're both diehard Rays fans Her more than me because she's been a fan since they started. Um, my day one baby, but this is going to be a MLB as a whole podcast, not just a Rays podcast. All right. Um, but (laughs) as I said, as I say that we're going to be an MLB podcast, the first item on our list is about the Rays. Um, the Rays, as every fan in Major League Baseball knows, especially Rays fans, get um, disparaged for not spending money. Um, and this piece of news exemplifies that like 100%. Uh, They are the team in MLB this offseason with the highest numbers of players that are disputing their arbitration salary um, and the highest number of players since 1990 in arbitration (laughs) this offseason. Um, there are seven players that currently do not have their salary amount for 2023 established. You want to list those players? That is Diaz, Springs, Ramirez, Adam, Fairbanks, Poche, and Thompson. So, obviously, those are some big pieces to the team. Um, Pete Fairbanks 
came back from injury halfway through the year last year and was lights out. Um, Springs was a relief pitcher last year and kind of had some starting appearances and this year transitioned into a full-time starter um, and also did outstanding. So that's one of like the main reasons why there's a conflict because the Rays are saying this is your figure because you were a relief pitcher when you came to the team, but he had a season as a starting pitcher and was really good as a starting pitcher. So he's wanting more money. It's hard to pride yourself on the pitching staff that you have and then not pay them. Right. I, I, yeah, that's, that's what a lot of the fan consensus is, but at the same time, you have guys in that list, like, uh, Colin Pochet, Ryan Thompson, who have been injured a lot over the course of their contract. And they're still asking for more money than is lined up for them to receive in the next year. Um, so, you know, teams like Yankees, Dodgers, stuff like that, who can just not really care about the fine margins and be like, oh, okay, he only wants a million more or 750000 more, whatever. Let's just pay that. The Rays don't want to overpay because their budget is a lot smaller. So I can respect that part of it. But again, that's coming from a Rays fan. I can understand people being like, this is really insignificant money as far as baseball is concerned. Just throw the money at them. If you want to keep having the bullpen and the 98ers that you pride yourself on, then you're going to have to give them a reason to stay. I mean, they're going to be on the team regardless, but this coming year at least. But For how long? Um, so, like, arbitration, they're just debating their salary for the upcoming year. Um, and then from there, they can extend them or trade them or whatever. How many times in the past have we gotten someone that was good enough that we should be paying them, and instead of paying them, them. we trade them? That's just how they operate. Right, which is what I mean by for how long. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get, we don't want to get too deep in the weeds in this, but with that being said, um, I think Yandi probably is one of the top trade pieces this year because of how good he's been since he came over to the team from Cleveland. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded because I wanted to buy his jersey and that's (laughs) how it works. Right, exactly. Um, Good thing I didn't buy Troy. Exactly. Which is who I was debating (laughs) between. So, um, moving on, we're going to talk about... um, the World Baseball Classic a little bit, specifically the Dominican Republic team. Uh, they There have been a lot of projected lineups coming out. Um, 
and it's going to be kind of another raise thing, sort of. But Jeremy Pena is projected to start at shortstop over Wander Franco. Um, and there have been a lot of vocal Rays fans out there online defending Wander and questioning why Pena is starting over him. I have thoughts. Go ahead. What Jeremy Pena was able to do in the one season that he's played professionally is so close to what Franco has done in his entire career. Right. And a young talent like that who comes up and does almost as good as Franco. He has more home runs. His batting average is super close to Franco's. He has 36 less hits in his one year than Franco has. So I agree with that. Um, But just looking at 2022 numbers, Wander was out for probably more than half the year. And he still had a higher um, on-base plus slugging and then had more than half of the hits and half of the amount of at-bats as Pena had. I I do think Pena is a good player. He was really clutch in the postseason for the Astros um, and led them to the World Series. But I think Franco is going to be a better player. And I think all of these projected lineups that are coming out are just basing it off of 2022 and not the overall picture. But he was also out for part of 2022. Yeah. It's a risk. I mean, as if as far as the team angle goes, it'd probably be better if they didn't play Wander for the race because they want him to be healthy for the season. Um, so now we're going to move into some other things. The next thing we have is there was a Red Sox town hall this past week where the ownership and baseball operations people from the Red Sox had a Q and a, um, panel thing at this town hall and they did not get a really warm reception, specifically the um, baseball operations, uh, Kime Bloom. He he got booed pretty hard. I would boo him too. Why is that? Well, I know why, but (laughs) tell the people. Um, Well, he works for the Red Sox. Valid. Um, But also, I think that it's really shitty to trade two of the best players that you had in a really long time say that you did everything to keep them when you in fact did not do that and then suck pretty bad so the interesting point is that he grew up 
in the Rays system and then was hired by the Red Sox. Yeah, he was with the Rays for 14 years and hired for the Red Sox because of his low payroll experience. So the Red Sox hired him to try to play Moneyball like the Rays are doing. And he came over and tried to do that by trading away Mookie Betts. And the return that they got has not yet panned out for them. And one of the funniest things, because there was a clip that I found on Twitter from the panel. He he literally is sitting there and he's talking about, he's alluding to the trades that haven't panned out and the moves that they've done that haven't panned out. And he's going, repeatedly saying, when you make those kinds of bets, sometimes those bets don't work out. And he must have said the word bets like 10 or 15 times within a few minutes. And people just started relentlessly booing him because it seemed like to me watching it as an impartial fan, not a Red Sox fan. It seemed like he was making. I wouldn't really call you impartial. Okay. As not a Rex, as not a Red Sox fan, it seemed like he was making fun of the situation. Like he was making light of it, but like he was intentionally saying that word over and over again. The word or the name? Knowing that he was talking about Mookie Betts. Yeah. Um, So I honestly kind of feel like the the reception was deserved. (laughs) You can try all you want to play ball like the Rays. You can't trade away people like Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts and <clears throat> just think that's going to work because it works for the race. And they didn't even trade Bogarts. They just let him walk because they couldn't come to an agreement on a that's contract, true. which is worse. They didn't get anything back. So there's, I mean, <laughs> personally, doesn't affect me. Like, I... Sorry, Red Sox fans. I don't like the Red Sox. Don't be sorry. Their their moves are making me happy and making me realize that they're probably not going to be a factor in the AL East this year. But if I was a Red Sox fan, I don't blame them for booing. I would boo them even if they did good things. (laughs) Um, On the same note, we're going to get into the trades that have happened this past week. Um, and the first one on the list is uh, Adalberto Mondesi was traded to the Red Sox from the Royals for Josh Taylor, a left-handed relief pitcher. Um, how does that move make you feel? I'm pretty pleased. Why is that? There's no Bogarts, <clears throat> and they traded for someone with a torn ACL. Yep. I have that too. Uh, he's coming off the season when he missed multiple months with a torn ACL. Um, he's had extensive injury history in the past. Um, it seems like the Red Sox are just patching things together on their middle infield because Trevor Story, who they signed last offseason, um, he had to have Tommy John 
or some kind of elbow surgery and he's going to miss like the first six months or first three months of the season, something like that. Um, so it kind of seems like they're just scrambling, trying to find pieces to cover. And uh, it's not looking great because they got to move Kike Hernandez, who was their starting center fielder, to play short. And I guess Mondesi is probably going to play second or third. And then they have to move, they have to use like a utility bench player to cover the other infield spot. Do we play them a lot in the beginning of the season? Um, beginning of the season, I'm not sure, but with the new MLB schedules, we're not playing the division teams as much as we used to because we're like evenly splitting games and um, playing against new teams. Like every right. team plays every team this year. It's too bad we're not like Boston front loaded. Yeah. While they're still while they're still figuring it out. Yeah. Um and then on the Royals side, uh they get Josh Taylor who also didn't play last year because of an injury. So it's like these two teams were like, let's just trade injured players. But it's Josh Taylor and a player to be named or money. Yeah. Whereas, so they got a little bit more out of yeah. it. <laughs> There's just, still hope just for a them. little. Just a little. Um. Yeah, I, Josh Taylor. Same thing. Like, doesn't really move me. Like, I'm not excited about it for either of these teams. Just meh, meh. I mean, I'm excited for anything that doesn't look optimistic for Boston. <laughs> so she's going to be the partial one. I'm going to try to stay unbiased. We'll see how that works out. Not well. So the next one we it's have... It's not going to take long for you to <laughs> show your real opinions. Yeah. We'll see. <clears throat> Michael A. Taylor was traded to the Twins for... This is involving Kansas City again. Uh, Kansas City gets back some minor league bullpen uh, pitchers, Evan Sisk and Steven Cruz. Um, they, I wrote down in my notes that this is basically just Byron Buxton insurance for the twins because Buxton, while he is like a really great player when he's healthy, he's not healthy a lot. So, they're both outfielders, Buxton and Taylor. Um, and while Taylor can't replace Buxton's bat, he's he's a gold glove. Just just as good as him defensively, if not better. Yeah. Um, as far as the bullpen guys, I really don't know a whole lot about them, other than they have high strikeout numbers in the couple seasons they've pitched in the minor leagues. Um. You have anything else to add on that? No, I really didn't find too much interesting <laughs> about it. Yeah, so we've covered two of the more minor ones. Um, now we've got um, Luis Arise going to the Marlins 
for Pablo Lopez to the Twins. This is obviously like the blockbuster one out of the three. Um, what do you have on that? Um, so when I actually first started looking into notes about these trades, I decided that I was going to be the person that came with fun information. <clears throat> okay. Um, Pablo Lopez was an international free agent in 2012. But he was only born in 1996. So that means he was 16 years old when he was a free agent. Hmm. The youngest age that you can be drafted in the MLB is 17. Yeah, there's, I think, international free agents, for whatever reason, get signed to younger ages. And he got Tommy John surgery in 2014. Can you imagine getting Tommy John surgery at 18 years old? Pass. No. <laughs> that was Lopez or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's he's obviously done pretty well for himself for the Marlins the last couple seasons. Um, he was up there as, I believe, their number two starter behind... Um, I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. Um, Sandy Alcantara. (laughs) And so now he's going over to the Twins, who for a long time have needed starting pitching. Um, They actually got um, Joe Ryan and then traded a couple years ago from from the Rays for Nelson Cruz. And that didn't really pan out on our end, but... Seems like it's doing well for the twins. Um, he was a good personality, though. Yeah, mentorship wise, it was good, but yeah, he did not produce the way no. that he was supposed to produce. Anyway, um, besides the point, um, <laughs> Arise going to the Marlins. The most interesting part about this is Jazz Chisholm is moving from the infield where he plays second to center field. I'm He's excited for this. Never played center field before. Do you know how that happened? Yeah. Go ahead. That's the one cool piece of information that I have. Um, so he was trying to work in some rehab and he finally got the clearance to be able to run. So his way of running around was to catch batting practice. And he was catching things, and the batters were telling him that he wasn't supposed to be able to catch the things that he was hitting. Um, And he said that he was having way more fun in the outfield, and he felt like he was actually playing a real game as opposed to the infield, infield, which I guess doesn't feel like a real game. Well, second base, you're really not doing a whole lot. You said that, and all I pictured was Brandon Lau not moving around at all while playing. Um, but he said, I'll go out there and win golden gloves. And I kind of want him to. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I thought was most interesting was he's never played the position before. He's cocky as hell. He's something he's, he's really confident. I kind of like it. I mean, you, you can't hate it. You, I mean, I'm just, Curious to see how it works out because 
as soon as he said that you had people like um, Michael Harris on the Braves uh, who just came up last year, I believe, and had a really great season out there. He was in the gold glove conversation. Uh, not hundred percent if he won it or not, but yeah, um, Jazz came out and said that, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, let let's see how easy it is for you." Um, and yeah, it's it's not it's not that easy. Like, I haven't played major league baseball at all, obviously, because I'm <laughs> sitting sitting here with you. <laughs> Um, but just hearing some, <laughs> it really sounded like I haven't played major league baseball in 10 years. Yeah. I'm retired. I mean, I haven't played major league baseball in 31 years, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's like, it's always difficult. You have people like Kiermaier talk about it when there's a line drive hit right at you it's extremely hard to gauge where it's going to go because it's hardly ever actually going to be right at you. Yeah. It's going to tail one way or the other. Drop. Yeah. Super randomly. Or like depending on what pitch they threw, it could just veer off to one side of you and roll all the way to the wall. Yep. And then they're scoring inside the part home run on you. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Um, you want to take a bet? What's what's the wager? Are we betting on if he's winning a gold glove or not? Is that the bet? I don't think that that's realistic. Okay, over under on how many errors he's going to have. On errors? What's, what's, what are we going to set the over at? Let's say... Four. In the entire season. Yeah. Under. I'll take the over because you already picked the under. This is fielding and throwing errors, by the way. You already took the under. Can't switch. <laughs> I wonder what kind of arm he has. He plays second, so he doesn't have to throw very far. He's going to blow out his <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> uh, um, and then as far as Arise, as far as Arise is, Arise, Arise, um, factoring into this, he was the AL batting champion last year. Yep. He was a fan favorite of the Twins, and they traded him. Yep. Twins fans aren't happy. Um. But as far like we mentioned before, as far as what they got in return, it's what they actually needed for their team was pitching. But um, Arise on the Marlins, I'm wondering if they're going to play him at first or just DH him because he's not a good defensive player. Like he played second for the Twins and had some pretty bad defensive plays last year. Is obviously the values in the in the bat. Yeah. Um. 
think we missed something. And I don't think I wrote it down. Something I okay. <laughs> That's what it was. You didn't even write it down after you said you were going to? I didn't. So you didn't look into it at all? Well, I know about it. I know what I'm going to say about it. Go okay, ahead. you go first. No, you, I just a, talked for like five minutes. Mine's a cool tidbit. Okay, so. I'm really worried that you're going to steal what I was going to say. McCutcheon is going back to the Pirates um, where he started his career. Um, he, this is, I think it's just the Pirates, like, marketing move. I don't know that it actually adds anything to their team. Um, they have a lot of young players. McCutcheon, I guess he's he's either to sell tickets, sell jerseys, mentor the players. I don't I don't know if he's actually going to. Did you see the avid they made for him coming back? No. It was like a bunch of empty lockers and the equipment manager just walked up and hung up one of his jerseys and walked away. That was the whole thing. Yeah, it's 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 a marketing move. That's what I'm that's what yeah. I feel like it is. It would be kind of like a similar move to as if the Rays bringing back Longoria. Which I would hate. I mean I don't I don't think they should have made that move. Like <laughs> I don't think the Rays made that move because they're smart and they know that Longoria is declining as a player. He's not going to obviously produce like he did when he played for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so is that all we wanted to cover so far? No, I haven't gotten to tell you my tidbit. Oh, I thought that was... No, it was that was the thing that I just happened to have seen. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so the equipment manager for the Pirates, Scott Bonnet, didn't allow any new players to use number 22 since January 2018 when he left the team. Hmm. And players would ask him to be able to use number 22, and he said, not no, just that's Andrew McCutcheon's number. And the conversation would change. Um and it's also anticipated that the number will be retired before anyone else is allowed to wear it. I'm kind of surprised they hadn't already retired it. I mean, I know he's still an active player, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't retire it before now. I think they just wanted him to be able to come back. Yeah, but I mean... The jersey that they hung up in the advertisement. Um, someone the old had one? It was it was his old one. The equipment manager, like, kept hanging onto it and was hanging it in like his own locker or something because he was hopeful that it was going to be relevant. Was it like the? It was like the cool like retro Bucks jersey, Pirates jersey. It was like the white Pirates jersey. Oh, uh, I like the black one with like the pirate on the sleeve and the. Yeah, I only saw the back of it, so I don't know what it looked like. Oh, well. But it was white, which is not actually <clears throat> like white, it's like cream. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so we do have one listener question 
from Ryan Gonzalez. Thanks, on, Ryan. On Facebook. Thank you for being our first listener question. Woo. He asked, who is your favorite pre-2000s era player for both the Rays and across Major League Baseball? You go first. I answered first. Okay. So, as I mentioned before, my one of my favorites um, and probably my favorite... Is Greg Maddox. <laughs> Do you want to explain what just happened? There was one cat walking across the floor, and then another cat ran up behind him to jump on him and jumped like straight up in the air, like all four legs, like pointed down, and then like halfway landed on him. It took everything in me not to burst out laughing <laughs> in the middle of talking. I didn't succeed. Um, so Greg Maddox uh, was one of my favorite players pre-2000s in Major League Baseball. I wasn't because I wasn't a Rays fan at that time. Uh, my favorite Ray from the pre-2000s era is Wade Boggs. He hit the first ever Rays home run. Um, and the seat that it landed in is actually like two sections over from our season ticket seats. Um, they have it colored yellow as the other seats are blue. Um, also, one of my favorite Wade Boggs facts that I just found out about this week is that his record of beers in a day. Do you, do you want to guess this? Do you remember what it was? I do. I remember what you Okay. Mean. I was hoping you didn't, so you could guess. Well, maybe you shouldn't have told me before. <laughs> no one in their right mind would ever guess this number. So his record for beers in a day is 107. And my question to follow up on that is, was he drinking before games back in 98? And if he was, how in the hell did he see the ball if, say, he had 25 beers before the game started. Doesn't he have, like, a wicked mustache? He, I think he did at the time. That makes sense. Also, like, every single picture you, you see of him now, he's just really red. Probably because of all the alcohol he's consumed in his life. I need to know the terms in which he drank the 107 beers. <laughs> Is this, like, a 24-hour period? Regardless of... What kind of beer the, was it? Regardless of the terms, that's just really impressive that he didn't die, number one. I mean, it's the terms really make it, the terms would make it more impressive. Yeah. Like, was it a heavy beer? It had to be a light beer, otherwise he'd vomit. I think I could drink Or like maybe it. he did several times, we don't know. Like, if it was like a Bud Light or something. I'm not that impressed. I mean, he's he's like a legend, so it was probably like Fat Tire, if that even existed then. PBR? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Miller High Life. It's probably Miller High Life. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> um, 
What are your answers for that question? I have one answer. Um, I don't really ever have, like, favorite players of all time, except for football, because that's a big deal. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, Carl Crawford is the earliest player. That was me doing Peyton Manning's five head. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even see you do that, but you did mess up your hair. Um, Carl Crawford was the earliest player that I remember admiring, um, especially because of the whole alliteration thing. So there was Carl Crawford, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and I thought that that was all really cool until Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds, you know, are roiding it up. <laughs> but he didn't, per our knowledge. Carl Crawford was clean, clean, clean Carl. Also, I grew up with a lot of people calling... Crispy, clean Carl Crawford. I grew up with a lot of people calling me Carl. So, you know, we're like homies. <laughs> if you ever say crispy, clean Carl Crawford again, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> if you do, you owe me a crispy cream. Because that's what I almost said instead of Krispy Kreme. I wonder if Krispy Kreme Carl Crawford ever went to Krispy Kreme. I wonder if he drank any PBR with Wade Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> Miller High Life, excuse me. I don't think so. If, if you ever get the opportunity to figure out what kind of beer it was, I would really like to know. How did you find that out? It was just on Twitter, like everything else I talk about. How do you know it was factual? Because he said it in an interview, I think. Recently? Yeah. I think. Really, the only thing that jumped out to me was the 107 beers. I didn't yeah. look a whole lot deeper into it. I think you need to. I, w I want to at least know what kind of beer it was. That's that's our show. Um, if you... <laughs> <laughs> let's let's try that again <laughs> um if you enjoyed the show that was everything we're going to cover today if you enjoyed please like follow subscribe everywhere that buy we... us 107 beers <laughs> that too everywhere that you can like follow and subscribe youtube twitter facebook instagram tiktok even though i don't touch tiktok we're on there. Um, we are planning to do an episode every week during the rest of the off season. And then during the season, we will be planning on doing episodes after every series of games. So probably every three days or so. So be on the lookout for those. Thank you for watching, listening, wherever you're watching and listening. And this has been the Baseball Unchained podcast.